welcome to Bluegrass Stories with Katie Daly and me. I am Howard Parker. One of the largest, if not the largest, Bluegrass Music Member Association might not be in Tennessee or Kentucky or any Appalachian state. It might be the CBA, the California Bluegrass Association. Founded in 1974, CBA has a rich history including IBMA's Event of the Year in 2004 for their very popular Father's Day Festival. In this podcast, Katie Daly talks with CBA's newly minted president, Teresa Gooding, about the year behind us and the bright possibilities of CBA's future. Here's Katie Daly and Teresa Gooding. So I, uh, well, I was born in Michigan, uh, but moved to Southern California before I recalled living in Michigan or in, we, we lived in Utah as well for a year, but I'm basically a Southern Californian since the time I was three years old. Um, moved to Northern California in 91. So I've now been up here longer uh, than, so maybe I've made the switch to a Northern Californian now, but I grew up with my mom was one of 13 kids and so she came lots of cousins i have lots of family members that play guitar and, and grew up doing the living room singing the hoot nanny so i always grew up with with musicians and music loved to go to live little type performances anything acoustic blues bluegrass old time you know folk music love doing that and when my husband and i started dating we would do that as you know we both enjoyed going to lots of music events and somehow bluegrass was the one that just kind of dug in. Um, and it's funny you mentioned the advantage of, of having, you know, both my husband and I having this, um, you know, sharing this hobby, if you will, but he was far, far more active in it right away. He's been on the board of the CBA for a while, I don't know, 10 years maybe. And I liked to sit in the campground and listen to the music and, you know, and then at some point kids come and you got to watch them and, and they got very, very involved in the bluegrass, the kids on bluegrass program from a very young age. So I, I kind of was the one that sat in the background happily and, you know, just kind of uh, kept an eye on things and uh, kept the kids where they needed to be and bottom strings and all that good stuff. It's when they got older that I realized that, uh, you know, how much a part of my life, our lives it had become. And, and so the last probably four or five years, I've started to really try to, you know, give back, if you will. Now, you say you were exposed to the music, but did you participate? Did you play an instrument or sing? Or I did. Did you resist that? Oh, okay. <laughs> I do. But I am so outclassed in my family that I rarely even mention that I own and play a guitar. Uh, and I really rarely pick it up these days. Um, mostly my, my non-volunteer job, it keeps me pretty busy. So not a lot of time to practice. And, and I've never been a performer. I've never had that um, desire. So I'm sure I'll, I'll pick my guitar up for the rest of my life here and there. Now, but, your your husband is on the board of directors for uh, California Bluegrass Association. Is that right. correct? Yeah. Okay. And so, uh, at when you're fairly uh, newly minted president. Very. 
<laughs> so and I, I was going to point that out if you didn't. So do not expect me to have a good grasp of what I'm doing because I took over right before the pandemic, not took over, but I, I was uh, appointed or approved to this position in October and then everything went on lockdown in March. And, you know, don't think my kids haven't pointed out to me that, that there's a correlation there, <laughs> that as soon as I took the job of president, our festival of 45 plus years shut down. So <laughs> well, don't listen to them. What do they know? Uh, you've kept the home fires burning long enough and now you're out there uh, leading the way. Give us the history of the California Bluegrass Association. It is the largest bluegrass associate grassroots organization in the world. I, I think it is. Yeah, technically it is. We have, um, you know, the membership numbers are down, I think, across the board for, for you know, little organizations like ours during the pandemic, because we rely so much on live events to, um, you know, renew and increase our memberships. But uh, I think our, our numbers are around 27, 2800, or they were. And so I'm not sure um, where they are right now, but that's that's the general size. Um, it was founded in, I want to say, late 74, maybe technically uh, 75. I don't have the, the documents in front of me. Um, the founding members were uh, Carl Pachter, uh, Jake Quisenberry, and Jack Sadler. Um, and they, uh, I think the... Yeah, there's, this is a topic I think we could go on for a long time, but the, the quick version is um, Carl moved, um, was, came back to California and wanted to find a music scene, a bluegrass music scene, and took it upon himself, really, to, to gather some, some uh, uh, folks that, that loved the music as well. And I, I, the way I uh, what I appreciate about what he set up so much and what those founding um, folks set up and, and the original, um, I think it was about 40 uh, inaugural or, or uh, members, is the focus on the community, is building the community. And I think our organization has really stayed very, very focused on not just the music and the musicians, certainly that's front and center, the performances, making the, the music available to a community, lessons, um, jams, um, campouts, events, keeping, uh, building, growing, making this community available to so many people. And it does have a very, very strong tie to its history. Uh, it's a community that appreciates, knows, um, and wants to keep learning more about its history. And I, I've uh, that's something I've, I've really valued about the organization. Well, I have your uh, website up on my computer. Let me read. It says the California Bluegrass Association is a California nonprofit corporation founded in 1974 to, quote, promote, encourage, foster and cultivate the preservation, appreciation, understanding, enjoyment, support and performance of bluegrass, old time, gospel and traditional instrumental and vocal music of the United States. Yeah, that's that's quite a mission and very broad also to include bluegrass, old time gospel and, as it says, traditional instruments and vocal music of the United States. It's a simple, profound, elegant statement, and it's it's holds stands the test of time and it really still does guide 
what we what we do. Um, mm-hmm. It's not a it's not a mission that was written and kind of put away, but it's something that probably gets uh, mentioned in some capacity at most of our board meetings. Um, so it really is a guiding statement. Um, I I notice in um, that you are made up of twenty five regions. That's yeah. mind blowing. Uh, where I'm here in D.C. and it's uh, you know D.C., Virginia, and and Maryland. Uh, how how can you uh, be a part of all of those people's needs and wants and and uh, missions? Volunteers. <laughs> That's the big word. Uh, that is. The CBA, not only is it the, you know, largest bluegrass organization uh, in the, I guess, the world, right? So, so in the United States, um, but it is 100% or very close to 100% volunteer run. That's probably 100% is not right, but it is very, very uh, much run by dedicated, hardworking uh, volunteers, including those regions. So we Uh, have tried to divide the state up, it's a big state, into regions so that there's local support, local contacts, folks to organize events regionally. Um, We want to promote events, big and small, talent, you know, hobby and professional. And so we do a lot of that through that uh, regional, um, uh, you know, regional we used to call them vice presidents. I think we recently renamed them, so I can't, re- I can't recall. Directors, them. I think you Directors, thank you. See, you're looking, I should have the website up. That's what I, was I got up early and studied. <laughs> but uh, with a, a state that large, now, you know, I'm not really familiar. I know Los Angeles and San Diego, and, and that's about it for me. Uh, but I understand there's a, Uh, kind of a difference in the northern and southern part of the state and I'm glad you brought this up because you know the CBA was founded in northern California is very heavily heavily run in northern California very uh, much larger presence in northern California and a lot of that's logistics I mean I'm going to drive to San Diego later today to my sisters and it's going to be an eight-hour drive You, you you can't do that for a you know, for a board meeting, a monthly board meeting. So the logistics back in the day made it hard to do things on a statewide basis. That's all been changing. And I think the, you know, the, the year we've spent in lockdown has really accelerated that with Zoom. Our Southern California presence is motivated. We have, I think, two new board members from the Southern part of the state, which before would have been like I say, logistically very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, you know, it's it's not only for board meetings, but we have been spinning up a lot of good productive subcommittees of the board, if you will, um, ranging from, um, uh, you know, we have a, a small group that works on our IBMA presence. We've recently... Um, uh, now, when you say to, your IBMA presence, what do you, you do mean a hospitality suite or? Yeah, we uh, have a hospitality suite and we uh, do a showcase and what? we have a booth on the 
And channel. I think you sponsor one of the luncheons. We do. Yes. Or we okay. did. I think we do. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I'm not sure what, what that looked like last year, but yes, we uh, sponsored one of the luncheons. Okay. All right. So that's your idea. Now, do you uh, get involved uh, politically in IBMA and having board members from CBA or? I don't, to date, we have not. We, you know, we've uh, sent a few uh, folks through their leadership program. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as I know, we, we don't participate much in the, uh, you know, the board business of IBMA, I guess. Is Just the in the that. attendance and support. Well, I mean, we've probably got, you know, some of the boring things too, like a finance committee and all that good stuff. Um, you know, the point there was that you can, bring a lot of people more uh, together more easily. But the fun ones we have um, would be recently we, we um, built a or, or stood up a diversity and inclusion um, committee. And so they're doing some really neat work to, again, expand, promote, include, you know, really grow our, our, um, our community. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see, what else do we have? Well, we have a program that has started uh, a couple of weeks ago, we went for our second year of our, basically the equivalent of our online festival. We call it Turn Your Radio Online. And so there's a, a hard, hard working group of volunteers that. And that, a very yeah. clever title, I might add. You like it? Do you like I it? I love it. it? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, very ambitious undertaking last year by a core set of, of like I say, uh, volunteers that put in hours that you just cannot even believe. I, I pitched in a little bit, but there were some folks that really um, gave hundreds and hundreds of hours and, and pulled it off. And so they're back doing it, doing it again this year. It's, it has an auction um, and, uh, and some raffles and things like that. But I should probably maybe touch on, on that event a little bit. It was really we, of course, as an organization have struggled through these, uh, through this, this, um, you know, lockdown financially with the canceling of our, our big events, but our community has struggled. You know, I think that's probably the more uh, profound point. And uh, that first event and then the subsequent one is really to help support what, what uh, not just our organization, you know, we're, we're, we're no, if, if you're an organization with no musicians and no, uh, you know, teachers and luthiers and all that, you know, and venues and concerts, you're, you're really not an organization for, you know, for much purpose. So a lot of that uh, fundraising uh, was given back directly to the, you know, to the folks that have been uh, most hard hit by this. The Father's Day event, which is really what CBA is known for, unfortunately had to be postponed again this year. It did. It did. Yeah. Our, our event is early in the summer, so it's Father's Day. And to make a decision to hold something that takes uh, that much effort and planning and contracts and volunteer coordination, um, you have to make that decision you know, pretty early. So for us, I think we uh, we had to officially um, just make the decision to not hold the event in, in early April. I, I think we made that decision. Could have been late March. Right. And so this uh, Turn Your Radio Online, will that be a uh, 
a place marker there for that event? It will. It will. We have, uh, I mentioned we had our first installment this year. It's three, three uh, monthly uh, online concert events. The next one's May 22nd. And then the uh, final one is, is Father's Day weekend. I want to say it's the 19th. So the 19th uh, is the final installment. We've got Mile 12, Becky Baller and Ned Lubarecki. Uh, and, oh, I've got it as on the 20th, May 22nd. That's the second installment. So oh, there's okay. the May 22nd, June 19th, and the one we just had, which was, I believe, March. I'm sorry. I think that one was April 23rd, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so th they're all, uh, tell us how it's assembled. They're doing their, their uh, appearances from a home base, and then it's assembled by the CBA? Correct. It's a combination of, so it's run live, uh, and we have live MCs, and we cut in and out of various live segments. Last year, we did probably the majority of it as live performances. And, you know, as you can imagine, it's just, it's a, it's a lot more challenging, the logistics. Um, the team did a great job pulling it off. So I won't say uh, moving towards a, a more of a mix of pre-recorded and live was was out of an inability to do it, but I think it's it's cleaner and gives the team a um, fewer headaches. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So, right. so yeah, a lot of the I'd say most of the performances. And when I say pre-recorded, it's not by much. You know, it's maybe a day or two early. Uh, you know, gives the band a chance to have good lighting and, and get together, uh, uh, you know, around their schedules versus, versus exactly when, when we air. So. Well, um, something else is, uh, about your education with the youth in particular, you know, if we don't grow, uh, interest in bluegrass with our youth, we're all in a bunch of trouble. So you have, uh, kids on bluegrass, kids fast, CBA youth Academy, and here's one that's interesting, the Kids Instrument Lending Library. I love that one. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you, you, we, we can't get out of this discussion without talking about our youth program. Um, and in fact, you mentioned at the beginning, I'm a newly minted president and that's true. So uh, I am, you know, maybe not gonna be as, as uh, have all the, the veteran knowledge for you, but I took this role over from a woman named Darby Brandley, who was in that role for um, probably 10 plus years. And she really has built this youth program and has now, and is now focusing all her attention on that, having, having, um, you know, put some of her, you know, double hat. Uh, I took one of those hats. So the first program that uh, folks might know about with our youth has been around for almost 30 years, the Kids on Bluegrass that was founded by Frank Sullivan. And that was that really still is our flagship, I would say, youth program. And it's been around um, and produced so many, uh, you know, musicians uh, throughout the years. The Lending Library, though, you mentioned is my favorite. It is a wonderful, wonderful, I cannot say enough about uh, this program, uh, opportunity for a kid to just get their hands on an instrument. How does it's, it work? It's free. You just need to be a member. So if you are a member of the California Bluegrass Society, Society or Association, sorry, I don't even know my own organization. <laughs> if you're a member of the CBA, how's that? Um, 
you can borrow, um, you know, for, I think there's a very small registration fee these days, an instrument or multiple instruments for your children, as long as they're under 18. Um, we took full advantage of that. All, all of my kids play. We have upright bases. I mean, if your kid, if my, my kid when he was in sixth grade wanted to play an upright bass, you know, where are you going to get one of those <laughs> for a sixth grader? And the investment for them to maybe not want to play it later, it gives them a chance to try it out. Maybe they want to play something different. And and they're usually very qual good quality instruments. Um, are they donated or? They are donated. Yep. We get a lot of donations from, from members um, throughout the year. And uh, I don't know what the inventory numbers are, but it's significant. We have, we've got a lot of instruments in the hands of, of kids. And, and is there a period of time then they have to turn it back in and check it out again, or? Just when they turn 18, it needs to come back. Um, wow. We do check in with folks periodically to make sure, you know, they still have the instrument and we still have their contact information, correct. But um it's not a micromanaged program. We want to get instruments in the hands of, of kids. And, um, and we've done that. I've watched some, some kids get their hands on a really quality instrument and, and they'll thrive. Mm -hmm. uh, or I've watched them pick it up and put it back down. <laughs> you know? Both. We, we did that with a banjo. We, we checked out a banjo for about a year and a half and it didn't stick to anybody. So we <laughs> sent it back. <laughs> So, so your, your three kids, what do they play? Uh, my oldest plays mandolin. Uh, my middle plays bass and my youngest plays guitar. Wow. Okay. And, and your oldest son has turned professional. Yes. Yes. Like I mentioned right before the lockdown. So timing's everything, but they, they are coming back online. They have an album out. It's, uh, you know, like everybody else, I think they're coming back online about the same pace. Little, and little, the name of the year. band he's with? It's the Alex Leach Band. Okay, great. Yeah, check them out. <laughs> we, we will. Uh, so Kids on Bluegrass, Kids Fest, uh, CBA Youth Academy. Is that uh, associated with one festival or one, uh, one event or is that an ongoing thing? The Youth Academy is uh, during the Father's Day week. So it's earlier in the week, um, mm -hmm. as is our music camp, which is another wonderful event that, that the CBA sponsors. The music camp, which is for all ages, um, is gonna do an online offering this year as well um, in June. So, so that's looking like it'll be um, uh, a good alternative, you know, uh, nothing replaces the, the live camp. Um, and the Youth Academy is also during uh, the Father's Day week. And uh, I think they've been arranging for some online items as well. I can't, I can't recall any details on that. So you've had a lot of graduates of that uh, program or uh, AJ Lee. Mm -hmm. Yep. Molly Tuttle, I would imagine. Molly Tuttle, yep. Frank Sullivan, was he, was that around when he yes, was a youngster? Yes, he was. Yes, he okay. was. <laughs> yeah, uh, Brittany Haas. Um, uh, lots, lots of kids that have really either gone on to make a living or, or just stay very, very involved in bluegrass as they, you know, grown up.
if people are out there and they're interested in joining, um, your membership is pretty reasonable, 25 to $35, depending on whether it's an individual, a family, or, or what the situation is. And if you have instruments in your closet gathering dust and there's no hope for you to ever pick them up again, uh, I think the California Bluegrass Association would appreciate your donating them. And how do who do they get in touch with? Randy January is uh, the volunteer that runs that program. And there is information on the website, but they can always get in touch with, with me. Okay. Um, I've got, uh, you know, I'm on the website as well, but you can send it to president at CBA, at California bluegrass.net. What are some of the biggest challenges facing you? I mean, right now with the uh, lockdowns and stuff, obviously increasing your membership and, and events that have to be postponed, but are there other challenges with a big organization? You know, we have probably the same challenges as any organization, just, uh, you know, getting through our, uh, you know, differences of opinions, financial goals, all of that. But I would say for us, it really feels far more like opportunities in front of us than challenges. Um, Really? I wouldn't have said that a year ago, you know, heading into COVID, really wondering, can we stay solvent? Uh, you know, are little organizations like ours going to survive? Um, but coming through this year, like I mentioned, the ability that we have uh, been able to develop to just work more actively together uh, through using a lot of these tools, um, it really feels like it's opportunity versus challenge. So the challenge would be, not to, to meet the opportunity. Um, and specifically growing the, the organization, um, getting the North and the South to be able to jointly participate in things is powerful because um, mm-hmm. you don't have to rely on these little regional pockets to get together and tackle a problem or produce an online website uh, or web webcast. You know, that was done with folks participating probably from San Diego to Mendocino. I mean, it's, it's so opportunity is absolutely the challenge here is taking advantage of, of you know, our ability to grow right now. And it's wow. hard. You know, that's, it that's the most encouraging words I've heard from anybody involved in the music scene is that there are endless possibilities and you just hope you can uh, find a way to meet all of these opportunities. That's great. Maybe I'm an optimist. Maybe the, the last year of things looking bad has worn me down and I'm, I'm just want to look at it differently. But I, I, I think a lot of folks would agree with me on that um, uh, in our organization, that, that we really do have a lot of, of things that, uh, uh, that big and small that we can take advantage of. So wish us luck. <laughs> I do wish you luck. Nothing and, but luck. We could take it all the way back to membership. If you want to get involved, go to the website and become and, a member. All right. Well, I'm going to give you this uh, final word here to uh, to give your pitch, uh, the website, uh, where people find it. Um, you're sitting at the CBA table at the Father's Day event, and I walk up and go, hi, uh, what's, what's up with this place? Here's your chance to give us all that sales pitch. And I've mentioned the community multiple times and the history um, and those really go together, you know, bluegrass, it's a, it's a, um, 
you know, it's a team sport, if you will. I don't think bluegrass is the genre where one one band gets to rise above the rest and everybody else is in, in last place. You really have to support each other. The further we get from 1974 and 75, the more interested we become in it. Those earlier days are really something that our younger members want to know more about, want to stay, um, you know, want to talk about those early days. And I think that keeps us grounded in traditional, the traditional side of bluegrass. Um, I, we've talked a lot about growth, a lot about expansion and inclusion, and but we stay pretty, uh, we keep good solid roots in, in traditional music, not just bluegrass, but you mentioned there's um, old time gospel blues mentioned in our, in our, our mission statement. Um, so that wasn't a marketing pitch, was it? Let's see if I can back that up and make I'd it a marketing say it was a pitch. I'd say it was a testimonial. <laughs> it was a testimonial. Yes. Um, when you talk and to those our come, line, testimonials come from the heart, marketing <laughs> strategy comes from the head, but uh, so that might be the best one. I'll close this out on, on volunteering and becoming a member because that, I, I don't know that I touched on the volunteering quite, quite enough. I just mentioned the word, but I don't know that I talked about why. So our website is uh, californiabluegrass.org. You can also get there by just typing in uh, California Bluegrass. Uh, association and Google and you'll, you'll find us and, and we've recently redone the website so it's it's kind of new and shiny um, and as far as being a member the volunteering is it, it is I, it gives you back tenfold what you put into it and there's opportunities to do things really small and really large things that uh, shine or highlight your technical abilities as well as your musical abilities. Um, but even if, if volunteering isn't something that, that you, know, you have time or interest in, uh, being connected to all of the events, um, the youth programs, the, you know, just the, what's current is, is worth $25 a year, I think. But even if you don't become a member, please bookmark our website, um, follow our events, ask it's questions. It's a great way to meet people and find new picking partners, right? Lifelong friends and friends from all walks of life. That's, that's the beauty of it. You're not just um, around people that, that, uh, uh, you know, are very much like you. Uh, the, the generational friendships to me are the ones that I am most inspired by. You watch these younger folks, not just respecting their elders or demonstrating that they were raised with, with good manners, but they want to, to spend time with folks two, three, four generations older than them. They are, um, you know, uh, honored to be able to, to have you know, these, these multi-generational, truly true friendships, um, not just, um, you know, respect type relationships, but real friendships. And that was Katie Daly talking to California Bluegrass Association President Teresa Gooding. For more information about CBA, check out their Facebook page under California Bluegrass Association and their website, which is CBA 
web.org, cbaweb.org. Bluegrass Stories is hosted on SoundCloud.com and can be streamed on SoundCloud, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and katydaily.com. As always, thanks for listening to Bluegrass Stories. Thank you.